many of you guys have ever fasted before? Ooh, okay. So many, how many of you guys never, ever tried fasting before? Be honest. It's weird. It's hard. It's different. And you just like food too much, right? Like, let's be honest. We're talking about new things. And it's a new year, and it's a good time to turn over a new leaf and to try something new. Here's why. Because we get stuck in ruts too often. Even though things are really good in our life, we approach it the same all the time. And there's a possibility that I think if you try new things in different ways, that you might get new and amazing results. Here's what I know is, is that I love the ocean. Yesterday I was out at the beach and I was diving for shells and I was hanging out on the beach with my, my family and in the water. And I love everything about the beach, the ocean. I love living in Hawaii because it's warm year-round, right? Yeah. Sunshine, clear water. It's just amazing. And there was a time in my life when I was kind of stuck in a rut. I grew up, learned to surf, and when I got to the point where I could surf a short board, like a performance board, I had one size, like my basic equipment was this one short board, and I would break boards or whatever, but I would always order the same dimensions, like a 5'11", 18.5", by like two and a quarter thick. Like I just kept the same dimensions on my board for like over 10 years. And anytime I go to the beach, I just always ride that board. If there was no waves, I didn't want to be at the beach. Like it's not how I am now. I just oh, it's flat, like I'm going home, you know, like this is not fun. So everything revolved around shortboarding for me. The same equipment never changed it up. Somewhere along the line, I mixed it up a little bit. I think it's when I started having kids is you can't do the same things at the beach with little babies and little kids as like just high-performance shortboarding. So I had to come to the beach oftentimes with no surfboard just to hang out at the beach. And then my kids got old enough to take them in the water and I couldn't take them on that board so I would like put them on a longboard. So I started changing my approach to something that I already loved. I love going to the beach, love going surfing, but I tried new things like a longboard. I thought I'll never ride a longboard until I'm like 75 years old and I'm just old and I'm like, well, I'm still surfing, you know, longboard. Like to me, that was like slow motion surfing. No offense, longboarders. I just, that was my mind. I know, I'm sorry. So I said, let's get my kids on a longboard and I would take them out longboarding. And then I like got back into like, bodyboarding, you know, like boogie boarding, like laying down, like, you know, like, whoa, this is like crazy. And I never did that. I'm like, wait, this is kind of cool too. I even got into like just body surfing again, just like no board. And, you know, sometimes there's like that little, um, they have to call it like a hand plane. It's just one little thing. And me, I go the cheap route. So I just grab a tray from McDonald's <laughs> that I'm borrowing indefinitely. You guys know what I'm saying? Like, a, hey, I'll just walk out with that borrowing, when I'm done, I will give it back. I'm just letting you know it's not stealing, right? It is going back eventually. But I got into like, you know, using a tray and body surfing. And then, then my son and I, we shaped our own like alaya boards out of us, like a slab of like wood, this plank that's like the old Hawaiians used to, to ride, no fins and everything. And we tried surfing those, disaster. Like I crashed and now they're really good decorations in my living room. But I, I tried all these approaches to the beach, Got my wife a stand-up paddleboard and just, then God got me into a few years ago, diving. I thought, like, diving is so boring and slow. And then God just goes, no, look at this whole world that's underwater. Look at all these shells you can find and all this. And I'm, like, addicted to that now. But here's what I learned is that sometimes when you just take a different new approach to something that you already do, there's new and amazing results that can come from that. Amen? Like my love for the beach and the ocean now is enhanced like a hundredfold from back in the day when it's like shortboard only, that's all I do. You guys get what I'm saying? And here's this verse that, that I found in James 4, 8, and it's one of our favorites. You guys have heard it. 
Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Well, you're here today in church, so you're already drawn near to God. You, a lot of you, you're Christians already. You already have your ways in which you draw near to God and you practice drawing near. In other words, you're chasing after God. Well, here's what I think fasting is all about, is that starting this New Year fasting is a way to chase after God in a new way. And when you do things in new ways, it brings new and amazing results. And so we're going to enter into a time of fasting, prayer and fasting, starting next Sunday for three weeks, us as a church. Now, it's not mandatory. You don't have to feel pressured out. You're not any less of a Christian if you don't join us in this. But there's something to be said for momentum and togetherness. You're more accountable when we all go together and we do it. So we're going to make this an annual season starting the new year every year of fasting and prayer before the Lord. And it's going to, I promise you, I'm not just like recommending, I promise you it's going to give you amazing results. In fact, here's some of the results that I read from you guys when you fasted last year. Because some of you guys might be on the fence, like, I don't want to do fasting, that's weird, or I can't do that. But here's some of the results. If you want results like this, then I want you to consider this. Here's someone just writing, I've gotten clarity in my life, my daily life, a direction in my relationships. I feel driven to continue to not partake in drinking alcohol socially. I do notice that when Satan tries to make me stumble and recognize, it's because I've drawn closer to God. First fast of many for me. This was amazing. Here's someone else. God revealed himself daily in the smallest of ways. I encountered him all throughout the day when I needed him the most. I felt refreshed and revived in the Holy Spirit. One other uh, family says, during 21 days of prayer and fasting, our family was blessed financially. My career was advanced and I feel the best I've physically felt in a long time. Here's someone else. Um, I've never been so close to the Lord than I have in the last 21 days. I've realized that God is with me always, and my focus needs to be on him. I'm reading more and doing my devotions daily. The Bible is now my daily book. Here's someone else said, praise God, he's creating change in me that I've hoped for for a very long time. He's helping me show more grace and has opened doors for reconciliation. Here's someone that, as part of the fast, um, that we're going to recommend to you, but they gave up other things in life besides just food. I gave up social media, and I found a renewed commitment to reading God's word. I also gave up coffee. Ouch. Anybody in here? Come on, coffee is like no way ever. I gave up coffee, and God gave me energy every day, even when I was traveling and I got very little sleep. I was surprised that God made it so easy for me to give up coffee when I'm so dependent on it. Here's just God breaking different things in people's lives. In fact, people said, I experienced incredible breakthrough in a rocky three-year relationship that I've been asking God for wisdom about. We talked everything out on day one of the fast, and we've had the most incredible three weeks of our entire relationship. Do you guys understand that when you just choose to approach God and to chase after him in new ways, that God is going to reveal new victories and new breakthroughs in your life. That's what fasting is all about. And I've got pages of this. You can find it online of our fast last year, 2017, page after page of results of what people got out of fasting. And so today, that's what we're going to be talking about, fasting and prayer and what is that all about. So I want to talk to you guys about fasting today because I'm hoping that the majority of us together as a church, that we do this thing together. It was powerful last year. And I believe it's going to be powerful in your personal life when you really understand what biblical fasting is all about. Um, it can, it's going to change you. I guarantee you. I don't know what or how God is going to make the changes in your life, but I know for a fact that God promises it. I felt it in my life. You guys wrote all these results. Something's going to happen. And how many of us are waiting 
this year for something good to happen. Like this is a new year. God, bring it. Do something. I'm tired of being in the rut that I'm in. And it's not, maybe for some of us, it's not even that bad, your life. But wouldn't you be excited for something that's better, that would just surprise you and shock you? Like I'm, I'm all in. I'm excited about this thing. So let's talk about fasting for a little bit. And um, I want to start by saying a couple things that fasting isn't. Just so that we don't go into fasting with the wrong mindset and then into it or after it, we're like, well, nothing really happened. I don't get it. It wasn't really that good for me. I think if you don't go into it with the right approach and the right heart, then you're not going to really get the full benefit out of it and what it's all about. So here's the first thing to write down is fasting is not just a diet. Okay, can we say that? It's not that like, Pastor Carl's taking us through this thing and we're all going to lose weight together. High five. Like, (laughs) you might lose weight and that's part of it. In fact, there's people that fasted in the Bible, and it was simply specifically to show that they were healthier than other people that ate the rich, bad food, and that they were in better shape. So it is going to kind of reset your, your body and what you're eating, because how many of you guys know that what you've been eating over the holidays is pretty bad for your body? Come on, let's be honest, right? I went to the beach yesterday, and it's still, kids are on spring break and everything, and I ate all beach food, meaning... I ate two Arizona iced tea, drank two Arizona iced teas. I drank some Red Bull because I always have to have my Red Bull. Um, I, I ate some Spam Musubi, some Poi, some Taco Pokey, some Ahi Pokey, some pickled garlic, some brownies, Snickers, uh, Lehing gummy bears. Um, I don't know what else. That's bad enough, isn't it, right there? Like, it's amazing I didn't blow up last night. Like, just like, boo! You know, like, terrible! And so I'm ready, look, on the food side of things, the health side of things, I am ready for a fast, a little detox, a little cleanse to like reset a healthy balance. But don't leave it as just a diet because it's way deeper than that. It's spiritual. It's not just physical. Don't make it that shallow. Let's not make our faith that shallow that we're like, oh, yeah, I'm going on a fast, so I'm going to lose some pounds and look at No, that might be the bonus of it. Because here's what happened last time I fasted. I went on this juice-only diet, like this Purium thing. You guys ever tried Purium, that green stuff? Like I drank that for 21 days, gnarly, heavy. Like I lost 16 pounds. I don't really have 16 pounds to lose. I lost 16 pounds of weight, and that wasn't the point. Like I don't know. I'm going to modify. I don't know if I want to lose 16 pounds again this time when I fast. But here's what's more important that I lost. I lost some bad perceptions of other people. I lost some stupid bad habits that I was carrying too long that I couldn't break. I, I, I lost some wrong ideas and thinking about certain situations. So the focus isn't just about less food. The focus is about more God. Amen? Amen. So it's more than just a diet. So don't relegate it to it's just a diet. Here's another thing fasting isn't. We don't fast or fasting isn't to impress anyone by being holy. Fasting is not to impress because we have a tendency because we're human, we want to look good and all this stuff and we want to look good to God and we think maybe I'll earn extra grace with God if like I do this fasting thing, it'll make me look holy. And here's the deal. You've already been made holy. If you're a Christian in here, you've already been made holy by what Jesus did for you on the cross. Okay, you guys understand that? Like you're forgiven, he'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you, you made that decision. Like you're holy, you're set apart for him. God can't love you any more than he already loves you. Even when you mess up, you're still his kid. It's called unconditional agape love. Got it? 
So you're not going to impress him or do anything to impress him. It's not showing off to him. By, so we're not going into it with a mindset that, well, hopefully this will earn me some points because I like messed up last night and maybe I'll fast and this will look good. We do it to change us and to get more relationship with God. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 16. When you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. Well, I tell you the truth, that's the only resort, the only reward that they will ever get. If you're just trying to look all like, oh, I'm holy, you know, we go through this fast next week. Your friends at work ask you, hey, you look a little bit weak or what's going on? Well, I'm just, you know, I'm a pretty awesome Christian. And so I'm fasting for the next 21 days, so I'm pretty holy. You know, like it's not to impress anybody. If, if someone actually thinks you're holy because of how you look and you're all fasting, well, good, there you go. There's your only reward. Right? Jesus goes, that's all you get. But when you fast, in verse 17, comb your hair, wash your face, right? Like, look good. You don't have to fake anything. Then no one will notice that you're fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. It's like this. I like to look at Instagram and I, like, I post pictures and I'm not as like as heavy into it as some people are. My wife, she posts a lot. And she loves rainbows and sunsets and all of that stuff. And it's amazing, right? And some of you guys are super like selfie patrol, like everywhere you go, right? But I came across a picture in my, my phone the other day in my photos. And I don't know who took it or whatever. I, I forget. But I was just looking at it. And it was like a picture of me at the beach. And like, I'm not super selfie guy. Like, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. But I look pretty good in this photo. <laughs> like, I looked kind of buff. Like, I was at the beach. I was like, oh, I look, I look pretty good at this one. Like, I'm not usually a selfie guy, but I look pretty good right there, right? My own, like, human flesh, vanity, and whatever. I was like, well, I don't really post, but this one I look pretty tough in. I'm like, I should probably post this. And as soon as I started thinking about it, I was convicted, and I thought this. Oh, if I post this, and I want people to think that I look like this, I thought, oh, but my wife knows what I really look like. Uh. And my real friends that go with me to the beach, they know I don't normally look that cool or that buff or what muscular or whatever. Like, shoot. And then, then I see myself in the mirror every day when I get out of the shower. I'm like, I can't do this. Who am I trying to kid? Like, if anybody buys this, someone that doesn't know me that lives in another country, there's my only reward I'm ever going to get is one person with a like, you look awesome, right? And that's just ridiculous because here's the deal. I'm not fooling anybody. Because I know who I really am. And here's the deal with God is we don't need to put on religious habits if we're just trying to fool God or people or impress anybody. Because it's more about what's on the inside. Here's what Isaiah says in uh, a prophet of God, Isaiah, in verse, or chapter 58, verse 3 and 4. Now, this is some religious people who were trying to impress God. And they said this, we've fasted before you. Why aren't you impressed? They're calling to God. Look at how like holy and religious we are. We've been very hard on ourselves and you don't even notice it. And then God speaking through Isaiah says, I'll tell you why. It's because you're fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. What good is fasting, looking holy, when you keep fighting and quarreling? You're not really acting holy. You're just looking holy. This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. Here's a little hint for you to know today. God's not impressed by how you look. He's impressed with your heart. 
he's not impressed by what you try to put on the show of outside. And I know we all look good here, our Sunday best, but God knows who you are Monday afternoon. You know what I'm saying? God knows who you are Friday night and what you're doing at 1130 at night or whatever's going on. Like, well, you can look good on Sunday, but here's what God's after. It's just a real heart, a real heart that says, yeah, I am kind of a mess on Friday nights. I am kind of a mess on Monday at 10 a.m. Like, God wants you just to be real. He loves you for who you are. Your heart is. So when we come to fasting this next week, just come with a heart. You're not trying to put on anything and impress anybody. Uh, a, young, a young man in our church, I went surfing with him the other week, and he was going, I just wish I could surf better. I'm like, you're doing good, man. You're just, you, you've only started a little while ago. You're progressing really good. You're awesome. And he goes, no, I wish I could surf really good because I want to impress my girlfriend. And I'm like, that's that's common. That's natural. Like, guys like to do that. However, your girlfriend doesn't love you for your impressive surfing skills. She loves you for your heart. She just loves you for who you are. Amen? And here's the thing with God is, we don't need to impress him. Like, we do stuff like this. You show up to church as messed up as you are today in the sin that you're in. You're just here with a heart that says, God, I, I need to be better. Right? Like, we're not here to judge one another, and I just want you to go into, as we go into fasting, just go with your heart as real as it is, as open as it is, and God goes, that's what I care about, what's inside, not you trying to impress me on the outside with religion. Is that good? So, so fasting isn't about impressing. It's not just a diet, but here's what fasting is. It simply means this, not to eat. It has to do with food. It literally has to do with food, that you would abstain from uh, all of food or partial food or some meals of the day or whatever in order to get hungry for food so that the hunger for food reminds you to hunger for God so that you pray. That it has to do with food, but it's really a spiritual discipline to enhance our prayer life. Even Jesus prayed in the, it's seen throughout the Old Testament, the New Testament. Jesus fasted and prayed for 40 days and he assumed that we as his followers, that that would be a natural part of the rhythms of our life, that there would be times in our life when we would set aside for fasting and really intentional, serious prayer. The early church in Acts, the early church all practiced it normally. You could find it. Acts 13, it talks about they fasted and they prayed, but it's a normal part of the Christian life. Jesus said in scripture, the one we just read earlier in Matthew, when you fast, do you notice that Jesus didn't say if you fast? It's not like, oh, uh, Maybe they might do this. He just assumed us as followers, man, it's just a normal thing that we do from time to time is that we would press in. So when we fast, it's just a, it's a spiritual tune-up. This is what fasting is. It's us just kind of taking our shaky spiritual walk sometimes and coming back in for a tune-up and just pressing into God and getting all the little bad habits and all the things cleaned up and just focused on him again. Just like I was standing back there during the worship set and I was watching all the people raising their hands all the people that are bold enough to say, God, I'm getting out of my comfort zone of just standing here in this service and I'm just doing something to say, I need you, it's all about you. Remember we talked about this, lifted hands, bent knees, knees bowed down before God, bringing all of our gifts and our experiences, our treasured gifts to God like those wise men did. Like here's, here's everything I got that's of value, you're more valuable, God, right? That you would do these expressions, a searching heart. You showed up here today just looking for something. God goes, I like that. That we take a posture in fasting, denying ourselves some food so that we could get spiritually hungry for more of God. And here's the thing with fasting is, I told you it's not a diet, fasting always goes with prayer. You can pray without fasting, but biblically, whenever there's fasting, 
there's prayer attached. You can pray without fasting, but you can't fast without praying because the importance is on the prayer. The importance and the focus isn't on less food. The importance and focus is on about more of God. So it really has to do with reminding us to pray. Here's what Matthew 5, 6 says in the New Testament. This is Jesus again. He says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. This is cool because this is a promise in Scripture that things and in, in, um, postures like fasting actually work. It says, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will be filled. That means when you're fasting and you're like, oh, I'm hungry for food, I need to get hungry for God, then Jesus is promising God's going to meet you where you're at. And that spiritual need that you have, he's going to fill it. He's going to do something there. I mean, I could read you tons of, of practical results of all of the people, all of you guys that God came through in fasting. But here's a promise from Jesus that says, if you get hungry for God, he's going to fill you up. He's going to meet you where you're at. I love that stuff. That's so good. So during fasting, here's something I recommend is that you don't focus on the results. You focus on more of God in your life. And what do I mean by that? Because God tells us like, oh, ask, ask what you want to pray for and God's going to answer it. Well, I'm saying this, is that when you go to God in fasting and in prayer, that you wouldn't give him a detailed list of all the things that he needs to do for you in your life to make you happy. Instead, you would come to him and go, God, here's the need that I have. Here's what's broken and, and needs something. Um, can you just do it your way? I just want more of you in this situation. Does, it, does that make sense? Instead of, God, do it like this, this, and this with them, with her, with him, and here, here's how you do it, God. The, the whole point in fasting is, God, I, I just need more of you in this situation. And if you show up and you get busy here, you do it however you want that's best for me. I'll leave the results up to you, but I just need more of you. Does that make sense? Like go into fasting differently than giving him the full super detailed list. Because Friday night, here's a perfect example. Friday night I was preaching the same message and I was telling the story of my friend that I just talked with on the phone uh, this past week. My friend called me and he goes, hey, my job's on the line. I might lose my job. I might lose my whole career. He goes, I've been studying and planning and working at this job for eight years, and I thought I'm doing a good job and I'm in it, but someone's coming in and criticizing me, and now like I'm getting written up for things that aren't really my fault, and there's this and there's that, and there's all these details. But bottom line, he's like, I don't want to lose my career. I don't want to lose my job. Can you pray that God would help me keep it and he would protect me? I said, yeah. And then the Holy Spirit kind of said something. Wait, 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 wait. That's a little too specific. And God told me to tell him this. Maybe let's not pray that. He's like, no, man, I need this. I need this. my job, my career. I love it. I said, what if this is God actually trying to get you out of this because he has something better for you? How about we just pray really hard that God would come into this situation and he would do what's best for you because the end result is what's best for you. It may not be this job. And so he goes, okay. So we prayed for it. So I'm telling this story to make the point of don't be so specific, but just say, more of you, God, more of you in the situation. Telling the story, he's sitting in church with his wife. I didn't know he was there until after service. Right after service, I go, and I see him. I'm like, oh, I didn't know you were here. Hey, I was you I was talking about. He goes, yeah, I know. He goes, I've, I have super, like, Holy Spirit chicken skin right now. I'm like, why? He goes, because within five minutes of you preaching that, saying that in service, I got a text on my phone with a new job offer. He goes, I'm freaking out right now because God is in the middle of this thing. But here's my point. 
Do you understand that you just go to God seeking, God, I just want more of you in this situation. You do what's best for my life. I'm not going to give you all the specifics. Does that make sense? Because here's, here's Moses. Let me tell you a little story about Moses in Exodus 33. God says, Moses, I want you to lead all my people, the, the children of Israel. Lead them out of Egypt and, and into the promised land. This is a, lo- a land of prosperity, land of Canaan, flowing with milk and honey and fruitfulness. And they're like, yeah, that sounds good. And Moses is going, okay, I, I think I can do this, God. Like, are you sure you got me on this one? He goes, yep, I'm going to send my angel to go ahead of you, to go with you. You're going to defeat all the surrounding nations, the Amorites, the Hittites, the, all the ites. Those ites are bad guys. I'm, you're going to defeat all the ites, and you're going to inherit the land of milk and honey. But here's what Moses says. This is so cool. Moses, in verse 15 of chapter 33, says, God, if you don't personally go with us, then don't even make us leave this place. You know, you know what Moses is saying here? I don't want the milk and honey if I can't have you. Like, the results don't matter. I'm not going to call the specific shots. I just want more of you, God, in my life, and then everything's going to work out okay. You guys get what I'm saying? Is that when we come, like, you don't have to have the detailed crazy list. Just say, I want more of God. I'm going to chase him in a new way. And whatever God decides to do, that's going to be best for my life. Amen? So this is how we're going to do this fast because we talked about like what fasting is and and you guys are a little bit like, that sounds cool, like I could do that. Well, here's how we do it. Here's what it's going to cost you. Here's what it's going to look like in your life. And the first thing to write down is that you need to prepare for it. You have to prepare. Don't just wander in like eating junk food and musubis and brownies one day and the next day you're like not eating anything. Like you got to be prepared for this thing. First question to ask yourself is this, what am I even praying for? Because you don't want to go for 21 days and you're like, wait, what am I? Uh, God, just bless the world. Help me have a good day. Like, no, that's like so general, right? It's like world peace, God. You know, like, no. Like, if it's, it's the specific thing that you're saying, man, right now for 21 days. The guys in the Bible were praying because they're, they're praying specifically for victory in battle. Or they're praying specifically for, we're launching new missionaries and pastors out into the world. Or we're, we're praying for specific, we're fasting for healing or, or Jesus' followers came to him and said, we tried to cast a demon out of that boy and it wouldn't go. And Jesus said, sometimes you got to fast and pray on things like that. That there's specific things. So I would ask you this, what am I praying about? What is the one thing right now in your head, your heart, what is the one thing if you got more of God in that situation and he changed it and brought a blessing that it would, it would improve your life the most dramatically? What is the one thing that would bring about the greatest impact in your life right now? Because there's a guy in scripture in John chapter 9. There's a man that was born blind. He was blind from birth. Everybody around knew him. There's the blind guy. We all see him. We tell him hi. Hey, we're, we're over here. We're, hey, blind guy. How you doing? Everybody knew him, right? One day Jesus comes along, heals him. He can see again. He's like a, a grown man now. He can see. His mind is blown. He's just like, yes, this is awesome. Everybody around is like, Dude, that's the blind guy. He can see me now. Like, what the? Everyone is just blowing their mind, right? And the Pharisees come along, right? Being the good religious leaders of the day that they were, is they got so caught up in the rules and the regulations and the religion that they missed the miracles oftentimes, right? And so here they come along going, what? This guy can see? This is crazy. Who did this? Who has this kind of power? And of course, they're like, well, it was the guy Jesus. And they're like, oh, we should have known. Not him again. Right? That's what they always say. Not that guy again. And they're like, well, here's the deal. When did he heal you? Oh, he healed me today. Uh, what's today, buddy? 
Today's the Sabbath, no healing allowed on the Sabbath. We don't work on the Sabbath, no healing allowed. So this Jesus guy, he claims to be from God. I don't think he's from God because God does not work on the Sabbath because he told us you rest on the Sabbath. So they start criticizing. They're like, this guy can't be from God. And the blind man's going, but he healed me. And he goes, yeah, but he must be a sinner or he must be a demon because he's, he's not supposed to work on the Sabbath. They totally miss the miracle because they're caught up in the rules and the regulations. So they go, who is this guy? Is he a sinner? Is he a demon? Now here's the blind man. Because remember what I, I told you? What is the one thing that would change your life dramatically if you got closer to God? Here's the blind man. He goes, look, I don't know if this guy's a, a, a sinner. I don't know if he's a demon. I don't know any of that stuff. Here's the one thing I know, the one thing that matters most to me. I was blind, but now I can see that's all that matters to me. My life is changed because I met the guy Jesus. One thing I know, I was blind and I can see. What is the one thing in your life? What is the one, this guy's life was just changed dramatically. And what is that one thing in your life right now that you're going, if I could just get my marriage healed, if my husband would just do this or my wife, if I could just get over this one stronghold, this addiction that I just, I keep going back to, I don't want to. It's just, I don't know why. I keep being drawn to this thing. God, if my bank account, something could, I don't know how to make it happen, a new job or, a, I, I don't know, God, but that's my one thing. Lord, this, this feeling that I have that overwhelms you, this depression, this anxiety, this loneliness, if I could get better at that, God, that would change everything. That's the thing that you need to be going into your fast right now in this season, preparing and going, God, there's my one thing. I'm going to carry that one. That's going to be my daily focus for 21 days straight. So you prepare for it. And here's the other thing, like I said before, is be focused on that one thing, but be open. Because I believe this, is that God sometimes won't change your situation that you're praying for, but you know what he changes? Your perspective on it. Amen. It's weird. And, and I don't, that's not my first choice on it. I wish God would just fix the problem. And sometimes God goes, it's your mindset and your perspective that needs to change. And if I change that, then suddenly the problem isn't a problem anymore. Does that make sense? Like, wait, I thought that was a problem. But now that God revealed this to me, like, oh, I got this. That's not a big deal. Well, either way, if God takes the problem away or he takes my perspective of the problem away, the problem is gone. You guys get what I'm saying? Is it be focused on chasing after God, be focused on the one thing that you have a problem with, but then be open enough to let God do what he needs to do. So prepare for it. But here's the second thing is you need to commit to it. You need to actually make it happen. Because we can say, here's my problem, and then we don't really do anything about it. Or we start the fast, and two days later, you know, like Pastor Tammy said, like, oh, man, I was on the Bible reading program, and now I missed two days, and I'm back. You know, like we can fall off of it. Here's why we're going through this fasting thing together as a whole church, because there's accountability. There's strength in numbers. There's strength when anybody ever tried to go to the gym on their own and it's just impossible. But when you go with a buddy or a partner, like you can make it happen, right? There's like power in people getting together. So we're going to go through this fast on our own. But I want you guys to decide what type of fast that you're going to go into. Because here's the deal with the Bible. The Bible is not legalistic when it comes to fasting. It actually gives us options so that we can work with something that, that works with us and who we are. There's no specific right way or length of time to fast. And if you take out this card right now that you sat on or this brochure, whatever it is, it explains fasting a little bit. And this is how we do it here at Anchor Church. We've done the Daniel fast together before. We've done other fasting before. But we found the, most, the best results 
was when you got to choose what God spoke to you that was appropriate for your life. Does that make sense? Everybody modifies it a little bit. It's not legalism that we're only going to do it this way and you sin if you don't. It's not about law. It's about love. It's about a heart that says, God, I love you and I'm doing something. It may not be the same as what my neighbor is doing, but something. Because here's the Bible. The Bible gives us options. Look at this card or look at the brochure. You can do a complete fast. People in the Bible did the complete fast. No eating at all. And that's maybe people in the church did this last year. Some people, just water and some fruit juice. And God sustained them the whole entire time. So make sure that you're, if you're considering that, make sure there's health issues at, you know, at risk and make sure that you can do that. But the complete fast might be something you're into. It might be the partial fast. And we're asking you to commit to one of them and let us know because there's something to be said for accountability. But the partial fast, it could be the, what they call the Jewish fast. We fast from food, food from sun up till sundown. So maybe you just have one healthy meal dinner time after dark. So all day long when you're busy with everything, you're hungry. You're getting hungry for God. You're reminded to pray. Here's my one thing. Here's my one thing, God. I'm just coming to you. I'm going to read my word more. I'm going to pray more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get closer to you. I just need more of God in this situation. And then at night, you just eat one meal for the day. That's, that's big for a lot of us, just to eat one meal a day. It could be a selective fast. could be that you go down to just like fluids and you drink healthy shakes or the Purium thing or something. Or you do what Daniel did in scripture, which is a Daniel fast. He cut out like, like rich in, in uh, sugary and, and fatty foods and he went down to like a modified diet. Or you can do what we're calling the soul fast. And a lot of us did the soul fast in partnership with some of the food fasting. I did this last year. Cut out all the social media, movies, and everything like that because I just didn't want to be distracted. I wanted to disconnect from the world and reconnect more with God. Amen? Like just cut some stuff out so that I can focus on God more. And so that may be for you because some of you guys would rather skip food all day than skip five minutes on your phone, right? Because you're like, oh my gosh, Pinterest, you know, or whatever you follow. But maybe it's a season to just give that stuff up too. So we basically are doing this together. And um, we just want to ask that you would pray on it. And that you would actually circle one of the ones that you're going to do or the details about what you're doing there. And if you're ready to do it today, to commit, we're going to start the fast next week. But if you want to drop it in the offering bucket today, here's what I know about dropping it in the bucket and giving it to someone. Or a lot of us, we're going to pray on this. And next week, we're going to come and commit to it as we all start next Sunday this fast together. What's so good about this is by the, the third, fourth day in, and you're tempted because there's a Snickers bar on the counter, and Snickers satisfies. That's what I hear. <laughs> and you see it, and you're like, oh, man, I would be satisfied with a Snickers right now. You remember, dang it, I put one of these cards in at Anchor Church. Somebody knows that I'm not supposed to have Snickers. And you got to deal with the guilt and conviction of, I can't do it because I turned that card in. That's a good thing to have Christian accountability, amen? And so that's why we're asking you guys to do this, to turn it in, pray on it next week. And, and here's the thing, there's different lengths of time. People in the Bible fasted one day, three days, five days, seven days, 10 days, 21 days. Elijah, Jesus, Moses fasted 40 days. We picked 21 because this is one of the types that Daniel picked in Daniel 10. Look at Daniel 10 verse 1, it says, In the third year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia, Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar, had another vision. He understood that the vision concerned events certain to happen in the future, times of war and great hardship. When the vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three whole weeks, right? 21 days of prayer. And all that time, 
I had eaten no rich food, so some fasting, no meat or wine crossed my lips, and I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed. Daniel picked three weeks of a modified selective foods fast. And if you want to go hardcore like Daniel, don't bathe for three weeks. No fragrant oils. You got to check with your spouse and your family if that's allowed in the house because it's a sacrifice for them too, right? They have to smell you. So you can do what you want to do. Lord, I'm giving up showers for the next three weeks. Hey, if that's what God tells you to do, that's cool. Just sit in the back row so I don't have to smell you. I'm just kidding. But whatever it is, there's something to be said for accountability and commitment that we do this thing together and you decide and you know what you do. And we pick three weeks. It's just an arbitrary number. Daniel did it. We like it because we as a church can all start together on a Sunday and then three weeks later on that Sunday, we're all breaking our fast, which just so happens to be Super Bowl Sunday, by the way. We figured that you guys would like to break your fast on that Saturday night right before Super Bowl Sunday. So you break your fast with chili dogs and nachos and watching the game, and you guys all have diarrhea for the new year. So you're welcome. Um, But we just wanted to do it together. It just makes it easy for us together to commit to. So that's why we're doing it. Again, it's not legalism. It's we're doing it for love, not because of the law. And if you screw up and you slip and you mess up, don't just throw the fast out the window. You know what you do? God, I'm so sorry. I'm going to get back on this thing and I'm going to finish this thing out. God's not going to be cracking the whip and just calling you a sinner because you had that one candy bar. Like, I'm not saying don't plan on having those, those mistakes, but when you do, don't give up because God doesn't give up on you like that. He doesn't, he doesn't judge you like that. So anyways, um, we're going to do this thing together. And, and while you're doing it, Here's, here's the thing that I always want to say because I got a couple minutes I went over is stay hungry. Stay spiritually hungry. You're going to be physically hungry if you give up some food. But stay hungry, meaning don't just do your normal life with God, is read your Bible more. Like dig in. If you're saying, God, I need more of you in my life, it isn't about the less food. It's about the more of God. So you press in. So make sure you have a time and a, and a place and a plan for when you pray. Make sure you got that one thing that you're praying for. Read the Bible more than you have before. It might come alive to you in new ways. People have rediscovered love for the the Bible when they go through these fasting times. Maybe you press it. Maybe get the Bible app. Do you guys all have the YouVersion Bible app online? It, it, It looks like this. Can we show you that? You download that on your phones and stuff. And there's so many on there. You just search for a Bible reading plan. And there's all of these 21 days fasting Bible plans. My friend Scott Williams that came to us and preached before, he just wrote a new book and it's got a new Bible plan that says fast like Daniel and it's 21 days so that you have a little bit of a devotion to read, you read a few passages of scripture and you're, you're good. It sets your tone for the day. This is a great tool for you guys to take advantage of. We've also given you the entire church, some of you guys don't know or you forgot, Right Now Media. Right Now Media is basically like the Christian Netflix. It's got thousands and thousands of of Bible studies, of people teaching, of plans, of movies, all of this stuff, and it's free for every member. We paid for it so we could give it to everyone in this church for free. So all you got to do is go online, myanchor.church, right now media, subscribe, you're already in as Anchor Church. Yeah, take a picture of it so you don't forget right now to click, take a picture of this. Here's what I want you to do during the time of fasting. Stay hungry. Look for ways to like serve at your church. Make sure you don't miss church. Make sure you're getting all of God that you can. Get to connect group, whatever it takes. Podcasts, listen to worship music. Stay spiritually hungry. As you're physically hungry, you're reminded, I gotta stay spiritually hungry for more of God. And here's the last thing, prepare for it, commit to it. 
Last thing is this, you can expect results. Because Henry Ford said, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right, right? It's, it's basically, life is what you believe it to be. And Hebrews says, it's impossible to please God without faith, without expecting something. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So expect that God is going to show up. And when he begins to speak to you, write it down. Write down what you learn in the fast so that you can go, wow, this is the, this is the new me. Expect that there's going to be a little bit of a battle. First couple of days, you might start get headaches, get grumpy, get irritable, whatever. The enemy might try to tempt you. He doesn't want you getting more of God. So the, the temptations might come. But I encourage you, push through and watch the victory that's going to happen. It might be a little bit of a battle, but once you get to the other side, you're going to get in the rhythm of it, and God is going to speak. It's going to be really good. So expect a battle, but also expect a breakthrough. Expect that God's going to speak to you in new ways, and new things are going to happen. Expect a life change, not just a life experience. Don't just go, oh, I remember that one time I fasted. It was so good for those three weeks, and then here I am. Right? Back to the old stuff. No, expect that God wants to change you and build new habits in you that you begin to obey and apply so that you're not at the same level you were before the fast. It's not like, here I am now. Oh, the fast was awesome, and now I'm back. The, the whole deal with fasting is it's designed to get us to a new level, and then we maintain at that new level. And we walk in those new habits and the new truth. Here's what I know is last year when I fasted, I was praying for God to change certain situations, and certain people in my life. That was my big one thing. God, change this and change them. And during the time of fasting, what God did was he changed my perspective. And when my perspective changed, the problem began to decrease and God began to increase. And here's the thing. I had the choice to, after the fasting is done, go back to believing the old way again and letting the problem be the problem again, or... I could hold on to that new perspective, walk at those new levels of faith, walk in the new habits he gave me, and watch that problem shrink away, and now I'm on a higher level. Does that make sense? That's what I'm hoping that you guys would get out of this as we go together. Again, if you're not feeling this right now and you're, just, you're not into it, that's, that's fine. We're all at different stages in our walk. But I'm telling you this, if you want to come with me and our staff and a lot of the people in this church and dare to step out and to chase after God in a new way, you're going to see dramatic and amazing new results. Amen? We know that. We've been there before, and I would encourage you, let's give it a try next week. So let's bow our heads and let's pray on this thing and see what God can do in our lives. Lord, we love you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for opportunities like this, for just the act of fasting and prayer alone is an opportunity for us to get out of our comfort zone, turn over a new leaf. It's a new year. Lord, we want you in new ways and in more ways. But, Lord, we're not going to get new results by doing the same old thing. And we know that. So, God, we want to chase after you in new ways in this season of fasting and prayer. Pray that you would just speak to us, Father, on how we should do our own personal fast, that we could commit to it. We could tell, we could write it down. We could tell the church what we're going to do. We could tell our connect group, our friends, our family. We could commit to it and walk through it together. And, Lord, whatever that one thing is, that changed a, a blind man into a seeing man, that, Lord, that could set us free in our lives, a hard thing that we're going to take to you. Help us to just camp out on that and focus on that and make space for you to come into our life and do whatever you think is best with that situation, with that one thing. Lord, we're praying that in a few weeks from now, Father God, that we'd be walking into this new year with breakthroughs, 
with uh, freedom, with forgiveness, with healing, with whatever it is that you have for us, God. We just, we want more of you and we're gonna chase you down for it through fasting and prayer. If there's anybody here today that this is maybe a new thing to you or maybe church itself is a new thing to you, maybe it's your first time to church or, or maybe you've come to church before, maybe you've even read the Bible before but you've never really made a true, honest to goodness decision from the bottom of your heart to follow God, to be a Christian. But today, you want to. Today, for whatever reason, maybe something I said, maybe God just speaking to you, but you get it and you want to really just, just taste and see if the Lord is really good. You want to take a real, honest to goodness step towards him today in believing who he is and what he has for you. If you would like to, to know that you are a Christian, that God has his hand on your life and he's going to do big things in your life, and as you walk out of here today, then I would like to say a prayer that's going to put you back in right relationship with God. Now, here's how it's going to work. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to pray the words out loud. You pray with me by praying quietly under your breath, in your heart, to God. You take the words I'm praying and you make them your words to God. And God sees that heart. He recognizes it. He honors it. God will show up. He'll meet you. He'll change your life starting here, starting now, into eternity. But you have to make that decision. You have to choose. He won't do it automatically. If there's anybody here today that would like to say that prayer with me to say, you know what, Pastor Carl, I'm in. I want to I take a step at believing in God, that he believes in me and he's got a plan for my life. I want to be a Christian right now. If that's you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that prayer with you in a minute, but I just want to know who might want that prayer, might want to pray that before God here today. With every eye closed and head bowed in the room, before we pray this prayer, if you would like to make that commitment and, and say yes to Jesus for the first time, a real time today, or maybe... You said it a long time ago, but you've walked away from God and you just need to rededicate your heart and your commitment to him. Could you let me know right now with nobody else looking, would you just raise your hand and, and just show me that, yep, pastor, I'm in. I want to pray that. Good, I see some hands. I see a hand over there. I see you. I see you. I'm just looking around. Anybody else? I see a hand, a couple in the back. Anybody else? I see a hand right over here. Praise God. I see this hand. Yeah, and if you're in the family zone back there, somebody sees you. You're in the courtyard. Somebody sees you. If you're online watching right now, God totally sees you. So you can put your hands down right now, all that raise their hands. And I want you just to pray this with me. Lord, just pray it in your heart, under your breath. I'll pray it out loud. Lord, I'm here today, and, and I realize I need you in my life. I want you in my life. Lord, whether this is a first-time commitment or this is me rededicating after years of just kind of walking away from you, Lord, I'm just telling you from the bottom of my heart, I, I believe in who you are, and I'm going to follow you all my days. Lord, I believe Jesus died on the cross to make me a new creation, to forgive me, to give me new life. So, Lord, I'm asking that you would change me as I read my Bible, as I pray, as I go to church, as I get baptized, as I receive the power of your Holy Spirit in my life to do things in me that I couldn't do on my own. Lord, all of that, from the bottom of my heart, my answer is yes. Yes, I will follow you. Yes, I will live for you all my days. Yes, I want more of you in my life. Thank you for being my God. Thank you for what you're about to do in my life as I commit myself to you. And in Jesus' name, the church said, amen. Amen. Can we praise God for those people that just prayed with us really good?